Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will spotlight the Tokyo Olympic Games and how the event is going for gold when it comes to green initiatives. Uh, Joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Michelle Liberty, Thematic Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Michelle, good morning. Welcome back and looking forward to our conversation today. Good morning. Thanks, Dan. So, Michelle, I know the delayed and long-anticipated Tokyo Olympic Games, they did kick off late last week. And while, of course, the look, the feel of this global gathering will be different due to the pandemic, another differentiating factor of the Tokyo Games is the focus on sustainability. So, Michelle, what can you share with us? Sure. And thanks, Dan. You're absolutely right that the Games are going to look a lot different uh, this year, given the challenges of the pandemic. But another thing to consider, and this really goes for any Olympic Games, is the sustainability aspect of hosting them uh, and what impact it has on things like waste, uh, infrastructure, emissions. And typically, the Games does result in higher energy demand overall. Uh, you know, there can end up being a lot of waste because oftentimes, uh, large buildings and facilities that require uh, a lot of industrial manufacturing are, are used during the games, but then are left with little use case afterwards. Afterwards, uh, And then, of course, there are a lot of emissions generated just from the associated travel to the games. Uh, you know, there will be less of that this year without spectators. But overall, this year, Tokyo is looking to make some steps in the right direction by greening aspects of the games where they're able. So there are a couple key strategies that they're using here. Uh, Number one, they're making an effort to use as much renewable energy for the Olympic Village as possible. Uh, Number two, waste management is going to be key. Uh, The Games does use a number of different recycled materials. And then finally, transport. The the Games are utilizing both fuel cell uh, and plug-in electric vehicles for transport in the village and to the facility. So, Michelle, maybe we can dive deeper into some of these elements, these components that you outlined for us, maybe starting with waste reduction. So it sounds like waste reduction, it's at the core of the game's sustainability strategy. I understand everything from the uniforms to structures to even the metals themselves incorporate reused or recycled material, which is pretty neat. So, Michelle, can you put some numbers around that for us and perhaps speak to how Tokyo is setting a new standard in this respect. Yeah, so that is correct. Uh, waste management is a very big part of what the games are trying to going to try and do to make this a more sustainable Olympics. And overall, the the games did set a goal of procuring about ninety nine percent of goods from reused or recycled materials. And the Tokyo twenty twenty metal project was one core piece of the strategy. So they collected over six million mobile phone devices uh, and thousands more of small electronic devices. And then they use these to make about 5,000 medals for the game. And e-waste is actually one of the fastest growing waste markets globally. And based on 2019 numbers, only about 17% of e-waste is collected and recycled globally. So that does vary regionally. Uh, Europe, for example, has higher rates closer to or right around 40%. Uh, But e-waste contains valuable metals, so better recycling efforts like we're seeing in Tokyo uh, around the game can help recover these metals. It can also save valuable resources uh, like energy and water. 
that are heavy, heavily used in the production process. So the metals are, were not the only initiative, though. The podiums were 3D printed from recycled plastic. Um, the uniforms of the torchbearers were also made from recycled plastic. And even the beds in the Olympic Village were constructed with recycled cardboard. So that was actually a little bit surprising to me. I'm not sure how comfortable they were, so I won't speak for that. But these are you know, some of the initiatives that the games are taking to put sustainability at the fore. It's pretty amazing. I did see a video where one of the athletes was jumping on one of those cardboard beds to test the durability, so to speak. So it's pretty interesting how so many of these elements incorporate sustainability factors and the waste reduction is pretty amazing. So thank you, Michelle, for walking us through that. Maybe we can spend a few moments talking about the clean energy, the green transportation components of it. I know on the most recent Sustainable Investing Perspectives podcast, uh, we spoke about hydrogen in particular and how that's becoming more widely adopted. Japan is really showcasing their hydrogen capabilities for these Olympic Games. So what can you share with us? Yeah, it's a good question, Dan, because as as I mentioned, the Olympics typically increases the demand for energy and electricity with new people coming into the city and new facilities to keep running. So the Games is looking to deploy at renewable energy, at least in the Olympic Village. Um, that does not mean the rest of Japan won't be using other energy resources. Uh, but the Games is aiming to use renewables, like I said, where they can. So a combination of solar, wind, and biomass uh, will be used. And ENEOS, so E-N-E-O-S, uh, is the energy partner of the Olympics. And they are working with the Games to help facilitate this. And then they're going to add, on top of this initiative, a carbon offset program as well. And now you mentioned hydrogen, too, and this is an important part of the game's transportation strategy. So the fleet of over 2,600 vehicles is going to be primarily electric. So fuel cells, plug-in hybrids. And as for logistics, last October, they installed a hydrogen fueling station in the Olympic Village. But this does give a bit of insight into some of the challenges with hydrogen-powered vehicles and the challenges that they're going to face going forward. There's a severe lack of charging infrastructure. And for this reason, we could see hydrogen be used more in long-haul transport uh, rather than passenger vehicles. But instead, we do expect battery electric vehicle adoption to accelerate. And overall, I really just view this as further evidence of the electrification trend that's already well underway in our view. And we do expect, again, that battery electric vehicle adoption piece to accelerate in the years ahead. So, Michelle, it, it seems like there's a lot we, the world, can learn from Tokyo's sustainable approach to hosting uh, these Olympic Games. So what are some takeaways that you can share with us? And are there any opportunities here for investors? So I do think that this sets a, a strong example of some of the priorities that we're likely to see become more commonplace in the years ahead. And it's not just the Olympics that's looking to uh, you know source clean energy and and use electric vehicles, right? We're just seeing a broader policy push from governments all over the world. Uh, We're also seeing corporations make greater efforts to reduce uh, the carbon footprint of their own business, uh, due not only to regulatory pressure, but also in order to appeal to a new age consumer, uh, you know, make sure the business is still attractive for ESG investors. Uh, And sometimes these efforts can lower costs as well. For the investors, this transition is going to offer opportunities and and also risks to be mindful of uh, for those businesses who are slower to transition 
uh, and who might be opening themselves up to regulatory or reputational risk. On the opportunity side, the industries that we've talked about today uh, offer long-term growth potential for those investors that have inadequate time horizon and risk tolerance. So green tech, things like clean energy, again, electric vehicles, and associated supply chain. So even those underlying technologies like semiconductors that help power these industries, uh, we do think that those industries can offer strong growth in the years ahead. Well, it is encouraging how such a global platform is being leveraged to showcase these green initiatives and capabilities so that these practices can perhaps be replicated and implemented in other parts of the world. But a very fascinating conversation, Michelle. Thank you very much for dropping by. Appreciate the insights as always, and we'll look forward to catching up again with you soon. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Michelle. And again today, we've been joined by Michelle LaLiberty, Thematic Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including a recent blog, which Michelle has been making reference to during the course of our conversation today, a Tokyo Olympic Games going for green. So clients of UBS, uh, please contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about today's topics or receive a copy of that blog directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.